0: It's time. Landis turned it over to Horvat, right to the slot, Pedersen scores! Is there anything this kid can't do for Locked On Canucks? Now Pedersen out on the right wing side, saucer pass, left circle, Besser shoots and scores!
1: It was good that Brock Lesnar got a goal.
0: You gotta do it to the run! The kids continue to get it done with Justin Morissette. He's a weird dude, yeah. It's good to have weird dudes. Yes, that's right. It is Locked On Canucks for Friday, January the 22nd of 2021. My name is Justin Morissette. Fitting that we would hear from John Tortorella right there talking about weird dudes, not just because I am your resident weird dude checking in with you for the evening, but because, well... (laughs) Feels like the torts here a little bit. That was a common refrain going around after last night's game. Yes, I'm coming to you a day after the Canucks dropped uh, a very lopsided decision to the Montreal Canadiens. I don't even know what the final score was in that game. I want to say 7-2. to you should probably know these things to host this show. Uh, I did watch it. It is not exactly fresh in my mind. I did want to take some time to process the game, uh, because what, what do you say after a game like that in its immediate aftermath? Other than, well, that sucked, which it really, really did. It cannot be understated how bad that game was to watch. And I really hope that is not what the rest of the season has in store for us. But uh, you may have noticed that I brought the show back last week and then have not reappeared since then. And I apologize for that. I had a bit of a bit of a rough week with my knee, if I'm being honest. Uh, but you don't need to uh, hear all about that. Just that you know, it's uh, it's just like learning to walk again. Coming back to do a daily podcast, sometimes you got to walk before you can run, and we will hit that sprint, folks, eventually. Again, episodes every day. I do want to be there, uh, but i got to be real about where I'm at in my own uh, recovery at the moment as well. And so if you're looking forward to the show being back full-time, I want it to be uh, as often as I can do it, and I do feel like um, my recovery is such that I will be able to do this more often. Uh, Very, very soon. In fact, I want to be doing this as often as I can right now. It's just a bad week for me personally, but I do have some exciting interviews lined up for the coming week, so I know I've got shows coming your way uh, over the course of this weekend and into next week as well, and uh, you can look forward to those starting off right now, in fact, because, uh, look, feels like hockey season to me anyways. And, and to my guest as well, when we get together to talk about uh, all things Vancouver Canucks, was pleased to do that uh, with Jackson McDonald. So without further ado, why don't we get right to it? Uh, I, I like to think that you coming on here is like a reprieve for you because you get to talk about hockey with like someone who will probably still interrupt you, but not in an annoying way at least. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a reprieve in a bunch of ways. It's a reprieve in the sense that Uh, yeah, I won't get interrupted as much. It's a reprieve in the sense that I get to just rattle off takes, which is kind of what I want to do anyways. Um, but I have to do this weird Frankenstein thing where I'm both the host and the guy who screams about stuff. Yes. Um, and then it's also a reprieve in the sense that I don't have to spend, uh, like half the episode explaining to you what like a hockey puck is. (laughs) So (laughs) It's good, yeah.
0: It's going to be good. I mean, credit to Vyas and Elliot. I think they know what a hockey puck is, but no. And and Elliot's like more
1: knowledgeable than me. Of course, (laughs) it's the it's the dichotomy, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, uh, let, we may as well get into it now. Yeah, please. Uh, I am joined for this episode and possibly two episodes, depending on how we <laughs> how long we talk. Given how you and I always do this. Yeah. Uh, by well, I guess the host or one of the hosts, the main host. Let's call him of sure. Roxy Fever, the podcast. You can find his work uh, over at roxyfever.com and also you are a contributor to uh, Daily Hive Offside. Uh, That's correct. Nothing season. so
1: far this season, but but hopefully soon.
0: I'm sure there will be something that uh, strikes your fancy uh, as a topic to just rattle off thousands of words about here over yes. the next couple of weeks yeah. because
1: someone will say something stupid. I'm sure.
0: Or just this team will be as bad <laughs> as it looks to be right now, Jack. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, before we get into that, I, I do want to say because I was asked to do a season preview for Locked On on the NHL feed. Uh, and I, you know, answered these standard six questions that every host had to answer about their team. And one of them was, Will they make the playoffs? And Ooh. I said yes, because, you know, you look over the landscape of this Canadian division and do the Canucks have holes? Yes. But does every team in Canada have holes? Kind of, yeah. And you only have to be the fourth best team in the country of mm-hmm. seven. That seems doable. I said they would do it. I don't. I didn't want to bet against Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. And then I found myself being sort of surprised that I had a sense of optimism coming into this year. And then I listened to, like, the season preview episode of Roxy Fever, and I felt like you were in a very similar situation, where absolutely y- you had also talked yourself into good things, which is funny, because how did we do this? I think you and I are, like, two of the most pessimistic people about this <laughs> team, and yet two weeks ago, are we just, like, pandemic-starved for entertainment that we talked ourselves into this being good, or, uh, like, is this team just... Woefully underperforming out the gates at the moment. I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Like
1: uh, the 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 pandemic has obviously kind of uh, blunted. I can't speak for everyone, but it's it's blunted my hard edges in in some ways. In the sense that, like, of all the things to be mad about right now, hockey just doesn't register that high. And so I think I kind of entered the season with just a general. Sense. Ah, it'll be fun. We'll watch the boys skate fast and score goals. And, you know, it was fun last time. and It'll probably be fun this time. And then, um, you know, when we were doing the, the season preview over at Roxy Fever, the thing that I kind of was kept coming back to was not so much that the Canucks are any good, but just that the rest of the division isn't particularly good. And I think one... Uh, mistake that I made was underestimating how much of a difference depth was going to make. We saw that definitely against the Canadians. Um, just what a team that can actually roll four lines is going to be able to do to the Canucks lineup. Uh, it, I mean, it was nothing short of embarrassing last night. That's for sure. But um, you know, I still a part of me still thinks like if Elias Pettersson was being normal Elias petterson right now we probably wouldn't be nearly as worried as we are so even though things look really bad right now um it, it's just it sort of feels like a mirror image of last year where you can very easily talk yourself into like ah, oh, well you know only a couple of bounces and it could have gone the other way. And that's sort of the reason I think why I'm maybe a little bit less negative this year than I've been in the past is that like you uh, watching them last year, I just thought they were, I thought they were punching above their weight and getting lucky. And now we're kind of seeing the chickens come home to roost and, You know, I have a feeling they're going to be closer to that final playoff spot than they look right now. But, man, if they lose a couple more games, they could just dig themselves a hole they can't get out of. So, I guess we'll see.
0: We'll get back to that in just a moment. But first... Are you ready for some football? What a weekend it promises to be. A pair of championship games in the NFL. Some beautiful jerseys going to be on the gridiron as well. And, uh, you know, if you like the look of that green on the field, you might like some green in your pocket as well. If you feel confident about who's going to win the big games this coming Sunday, well, there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You can bet on, of course, we got hockey games going on all the time. Uh, If you're enjoying watching this all-Canadian division, you can get in on the action there. But it's a big football weekend here as well. Championship games in the NFL Conference Championships, anyways. The Bills versus the Chiefs. The Buccaneers versus the Packers. (laughs) Which team representing the old guard between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady is going to be the one? to take on the new guard of either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. We will find out. If you feel confident, however, you can lay some bets and turn that confidence into some money. Why not? Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and I kind of promised myself, honestly, that I was not going to uh, have big emotions one way or the other. But, you know, making that promise, thinking that I'm really telling myself that I'm not going to be negative because, (laughs) 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 like, you know, we come into this early part of the season with these built-in excuses as to why they are bad. Uh, You know, there's been a truncated training camp. That can't help. There's no exhibition games, no preseason. You're just getting thrown right into it. Uh, You know, we we talked about it being a good thing for somebody like Nils Holglander, who has the edge of having played hockey for the last four months, but... You know, I I feel like the Canucks really got uh, done dirty a little bit by the broadcast last night from Sportsnet. Not of their own game, but the fact that after that game was over, it was over at such a time, Jackson, that we were able to head down uh, to below the border and catch the final 10 minutes of Colorado versus Los Angeles. And I have to tell (laughs) you, neither of those teams look like they didn't play a preseason and it's not real hockey and we can't judge them right now. Both of those teams. Looked like NHL teams In fact, the Kings wound up winning that game I know it's easy to say Well, of course, the Avalanche would look good The LA Kings look significantly better Than the Vancouver Canucks right now That's a problem And they're making it really difficult For me to not, like, want to ring some alarm bells Right now about that
1: Yeah, I mean, the question that I keep wanting to ask myself is Were they always this bad? Like, did I just get fooled the way I thought everyone else was getting fooled early on in the season or early on in last season? Rather, sorry. Um, this the thing that I keep coming back to is the goaltending. They replaced Jacob Markstrom, uh, completely you know, elite MVP caliber goalie with two guys who kind of struggled to stay above 0.900 last year and. I I just keep wondering, like, are we just seeing what this team looks like without MVP caliber goaltending? Is it that simple? Or, on the other side, is it just that the top line that was so good last year all of a sudden just appears to be totally non-functional and it could bounce back the other way? Um, I think that I, I've just spent so much time uh, being known as such a negative person that the fact that I... Didn't feel super negatively uh, off the hop this year. I kind of ran with that. And now I'm starting to really regret it. (laughs) Now I'm like, oh, fuck. I I was so primed for my victory lap. And I blew it. (laughs) I know. I couldn't
0: believe you of all people. The guy who was like enjoy this while it lasts because this year, last year, is as good as this is going to get before it falls off a cliff. I was like, yeah. wow, he really nailed it. And then I <laughs> tuned into Rossi Fever and you're like, <laughs> I was wrong. They're going to be really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think what I said was that I thought they would have the last playoff spot in the division more or less on lock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at the other – teams that are near the bottom of the division like once we finally reach the end here and we've gone through 50 plus games I really do think there's a decent chance that they do look better than at least Edmonton and Ottawa the question to me is really going to be whether they can improve on that and as of right now Montreal and Calgary just look a lot better than I thought they were going to be Yeah, And it was was just so hard to account for the effect of playing these teams over and over again and only playing these other six teams. You have to really wonder, like, how much can you even read out of this season with just how bizarre the circumstances are? Like, yes, the playoffs last year, the circumstances were bizarre as well. But this is on another level. This is a full season under
0: bizarro covid restrictions so six other opponents as the only teams you can play
1: yeah it, it just makes it difficult to really even understand what's going on but i wonder if maybe the entire time i was just overthinking it and it really was just as simple as you got some favorable bounces from the forward core and great goaltending, and now you're not getting that, and this team was always a house of cards, and it was just waiting to topple down, you know?
0: Yeah, you talked about depth earlier as being, you know, just so pivotal in a season like this, and why uh, that sort of favors a team like Montreal to maybe ultimately be the best team in Canada when this is all said and done. Probably still the Leafs as far as high-end talent, but I do see a more cohesive team I feel like in terms of the overall game they play in the Habs right now it's still early stages but regardless yes that's something that we talked about with regards to goaltending throughout this off season that it was you know as much as you might be sad to see Markstrom go you understand that you know perhaps that your fits the age group of this team's competitive window perhaps a little bit better it's and you don't want to be the team to hand a 31 year old goalie a six-year contract necessarily I I understand that and we talked about about, you know uh, Brayden Holtby being a guy who can come in and work in a platoon because in this condensed baseball like schedule you're really going to have to have uh two guys that you can go back and forth with like that we didn't really have that same conversation about the way that this schedule um would affect the, the depth of like defensemen and forwards necessarily <laughs> and
1: well, that's the other sort to, <laughs> to interrupt but that's the other thing that's so funny about all of this is that we i think we also just forgot how insanely lucky the canucks got last season with injuries like when was the last time you saw the canucks make it through you know 70 games without an injury a major injury to chris tanner or alex edler uh, i don't think i could name a season where that happened yeah um and so and last year it you, didn't you, happen yeah and it didn't and and you have to wonder how much of a an effect that had on you know it, it, uh, the the way that the, the the success that the team had last year you have to really wonder how like um, the the fact that they just got a healthy run of games out of Chris Tanev or Alex Edler or whoever else for the first time in god like a decade um, and just the fact that what we know about the Canucks and whether it's travel or their team doctor or just that they're cursed, you have to figure that at some point a serious injury is going to hit, particularly the back end. And now we've seen, you know, three in as many games or whatever. So this is um, the classic me reaping, me sowing uh, meme that uh, I've been enjoying a lot recently.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, man, I came out of that first game against the Habs this week thinking, like, these are two teams that match up really well. And <laughs> this is going to be a fun set of nine games to go through this season. Man, we get that eight more times. I'm I'm so excited. This is going to be great. <laughs> And then game two was obviously terrible for reasons that uh, can probably be read into game one a little bit. Yes, you had those yeah. injuries to Hamannich and Edler who are, you know, gone for who knows how long. Uh, that forces... Guys like Hughes and Schmidt To then play like close to 30 minutes certainly in that first Game I don't know what their numbers were like as far As minutes in the second game against Montreal but I would have bet that maybe Even more because they were short Guys again and playing defensemen That Travis Green just doesn't Trust to be perfectly honest so I wouldn't be surprised if Hughes was Above 30 minutes uh, On Thursday night and then you know you're Heading into this situation uh, On Saturday in the third game against the Hat where you're still missing these guys, you're going to be counting on, you know, your ninth and tenth defenseman to be in the lineup and, and you know, have to carry some significant load here. It's just untenable to think that even if Quinn Hughes wasn't struggling right now and, you know, J.D. has said it, that he, he looks injured and, you know, I think that's right. He probably had yeah. uh, a one good game where he looked pretty good the first night in Edmonton, the rest of them. Uh, he was re- still really quite good in Calgary, I thought But has just been off for the last week y- You know it's bad when There's not a single guy that you can look at right now Who's consistently making good, smart plays You know, it's not Pedersen It's not Hughes It's not Nate Schmidt Nate Schmidt is fucking up all the time right now Like, mm-hmm. there, there's nobody who's dependable at the moment And that... Well, Bo, Bo Horat yeah. That's the one guy Yeah,
1: And the, the the funny thing about that is You have to wonder, like Where would this team be if Bo Horvat wasn't going absolutely God mode right now? And at least the last time I checked, literally leading the NHL in goals right now. (laughs) Like, how? what a travesty is it that the Canucks have the league's leading goal scorer on their roster and they're like, uh, nine, uh, what? Nine games in or eight games in, and, and they have uh like they're they're like four, five, six points out of a playoff spot or whatever. It's it's not good.
0: Yeah, two wins, one of which came in the shootout. It's not. Yeah. it's not been great. And we'll get back to that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you. About auto parts, yes, we know, folks, that going to a garage, going to uh, have your car looked at, can be an exhausting experience. Of course, there are so many makes and models these days that anywhere you go, probably not going to have the specific part that your car requires anyways. And you know how those guys are when you're in there. They don't have the part that you need, but they're going to try and sell you something that you don't. That is not the case, however, for the good folks At rockauto.com. Yes, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last. 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, you are always going to find what you need. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much to get the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write LOCKED ON in the How Did You Hear About Us box so you know that we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Now, where were we? Right, man. Like Tyler Mott has been good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got two goals so far, and you know you can't you can't waste that Tyler Mott offense. You better win <laughs> when Tyler <laughs> Mott is scoring, yes. and they have won one of them, but did lose the other <laughs> when he yeah. scored. Yeah. But th- then it's like. Man, you're going to point to Tyler Mott and Jay Beagle and Brandon Sutter as being, like, the Canucks' best line right now, which some people have. I don't care if they're playing well. To me, when they play well, it makes them seem worse because (laughs) save for for Tyler Mott's two goals on the year so far – None of those guys can finish. Certainly not. Certainly not Jay Beagle. So when yeah. that line is generating prime offensive chances, it makes you want to die because you're just looking at them thinking if it was anyone else, that would be a goal. Anyone. And uh, you know, we're stuck doing this dance with these guys for feels like the third year in a row now that both of them have been on the roster certainly we're into year f- I believe five of the Sutter experience it's just, oh man yeah you're right it's so brutal and I just, I just you know how do you how do you talk about this team how do you put a positive spin on this when even Elias Petterson looks like he's not even angry by what is happening, but it's just dying inside. He's got this blank face like he knows, like we know that this is going to be a long, bad year. And as rough as it is right now, there's no help on the way.
1: Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? Because uh, Elias Pettersson is not a guy that I would say is is, uh, prone to, you know, wilting when the going gets tough. Like, he seems very resilient. Uh, he's played uh better on on a worse team i would argue in his rookie year um so it's it's just totally alienating to to watch him uh just struggle like this it's it's kind of um baffling it's 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 hard to even really know how uh how this is happening like uh, i i i think i saw a statistic recently that was uh, basically showing that pd doesn't score against canadian teams or or hasn't historically rather and you start to wonder like what is going on there is there something to that maybe i don't know
0: well the good news is that he has traditionally scored pretty well against the ottawa senators and he does get to play them three times starting on monday but uh You know, that's going to be a big series because if that is not a a marked improvement over the way they look against Montreal, there's going to be a lot of people ready to pull the plug on this team if they cannot outperform the Ottawa Senators. You, You know, injuries on the back end, be damned. I don't think you deserve a lot of sympathy for that. You know, I heard, I think it might have been Jason Broff on the radio this morning talking about... Uh, no team is going to be successful when your ninth and 10th defensemen are in the lineup. Well, that's true, but it's on you that these guys are are where they are in the depth chart because you let better players walk in front of them. You know, where would this team be right now if they still had Troy Stetcher? Probably... You know, not great, but better than the situation that they're in right now. And I'm glad you brought that up because the thing that I found so frustrating about watching
1: the Canucks trot uh, trot out, you know, Chatfield. And uh, I mean, Neil Levy was probably going to be on the team anyways, but Rafferty certainly is that this was the reason why you were supposed to keep Troy Stetcher on your roster. It wasn't that Troy Stetcher is a better quote unquote defenseman than Nate Schmidt or Travis Hamnick or I whoever mean, else you want to he name. He very
0: well might I, be better than Travis Hamnick. I
1: also think that. <laughs> I am inclined to I am inclined to agree but a lot of people were willing to take a very myopic uh viewpoint on this when the when the roster turnover happened. They took a look at uh Schmidt coming in and Stetcher coming out. Or, uh, well, however you want to look at it. And they were willing to go, okay, that's an improvement. And then they looked at Tanev going out and Hamannuk coming in and go, ah, well, that's a push. So they improved their defense. But the problem is that there's still one more pair you have to deal with. And it being Vancouver, you can pretty much bet on the fact that you're going to be using your seventh, eighth, and maybe ninth defenseman over the course of a season, over the course of any season other than last season. Um, and so the point of having a Troy Setcher in your lineup is that this is a guy who routinely year after year after year started the season on the bottom pair and finished on the top pair, usually because of injuries. And this was the thing that was I found so frustrating when people were talking about how the Canucks improved their defense this offseason, which I think you can, in a vacuum, make that case. But the problem is that you can't go into a Vancouver Canucks season under the assumption that you are only going to play your top seven defensemen, Yeah. It's ridiculous. The point of a Troy Stetcher is that he's a cheap third-pairing guy who can very easily play in the top four as soon as there's an injury and is probably a top-four caliber defender on his own. Not, not a high-end one. Yeah. But th- this is the entire point of, like, this is how you build a competitive roster. Is I... you, take, you take players that should that are good enough to play higher up in the lineup and put them on your third line and fourth line and your third pairing. Or in the press box. Even better if you're that lucky. If you're that fortunate to have a an NHL regular caliber defender in the press box. Then yeah. you're in good shape.
0: And and that's why I think the the damning losses, you know, as much as to Foley is a damning loss, and we will get to that in yes. in, a, in a minute here, because that, like that's a team friendly deal. That's a player that they really should have kept, and, and was a great fit here. Should have been, should still be here. But I think the damning losses, as far as what set them up for failure this year, are letting Josh Levo and Troy Stetcher walk, because those are both very useful players who weren't going to cost you anything, and. You know, Josh Levo looked good on the second line last year. He looked good on the third line last year. He was a useful player in whatever position they wanted to put him, put him in, even on the fourth line. That is an extremely useful piece to have, especially on a team where, look, last week they were without J.T. Miller. You're down one top six forward, and it put the entire team in utter disarray in the exact same way that being down, you know, a pair of defensemen is right now. It just seems like it's been pure chaos from start to finish. Other than one good third period in the opening night against Edmonton, <laughs> this whole season has been ass. And even that good third period was defined by ass. This is an ass season right now. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I,
1: I, I underestimated
0: the –
1: I definitely underestimated how important depth was going to be. And uh, I think I, I think that's defensible to some degree because we know that, you know, generally – hockey is more of a strong link game than a weak link game. It's not, I don't believe in that sort of false dichotomy or whatever, but like it is generally the team with the best player wins more than the team with the worst player loses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a season where you're playing the same team three nights or three games in four or five nights, like this, it's, it's like every um, every series of three or four games is like a little mini playoff series, yeah. right? And if you're, if you're not, uh, if you don't have enough forward or defensive depth, your weaknesses are going to get exposed very quickly.
0: And, and it doesn't help when you have significant pieces from your team now playing for the opposition teams that you're going to run into again and again and again over the course of this season. Look, Eric Goodbranson is not going to necessarily know enough about the the Canucks system to crack them open (laughs) for the Ottawa Senators, but we did see it already in these Montreal games. Tyler Toffoli knows this team. He knows their system. He was pointing it out on the bench in a stoppage during uh, Game 2 the other night, a, a certain weakness, and as soon as he did that, it was like the Habs just we're generating a breakaway almost every shift, basically. Like, there are Oh, guys... and by the same
1: token, you could say the same thing about Tanev and Markstrom. Exactly, like, exactly. You could, you could see Tanev cheating on the PK. He just knew where the puck was going to go. And yeah, I mean, these are the kinds of things that in a bizarro, truncated season like this, you don't really know how to account for until you actually see the teams in action. And I, I will say... I'm going to reserve judgment until I have at least seen the Canucks play every other team in the division. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the best way to analyze things in this
0: situation, but holy shit, the early goings, uh, it does not look good. (laughs) Yeah. I hope, however, that you have enjoyed the early goings of this conversation with Jackson McDonald, because part two will be ready for you tomorrow morning, bright and early, in advance of – the, the third game of this series, a Saturday night hockey night in Canada matchup between the Vancouver Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens. The rubber match, both teams have taken one so far. The Canucks 6-5 in the shootout. The Canadiens 7-3, uh, a drubbing at Rogers Arena on Thursday night. Who takes the final one? I think we know the answer, but uh, <laughs> Jackson and I will get you Teed up for it with the second half of our lengthy conversation tomorrow. And we'll be talking quite a lot about Tyler Toffoli. So come on back. Until then, I have been and will continue to be Justin Morissette. It's been my pleasure to bring you this show. I do want to ask that you head on over to the iTunes store, wherever you happen to get the program, and throw us a review. Why not? Five stars if you feel like it, if you're so kind. Uh, Until then, however, you've been locked in on Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.